Hello, everyone. We are Meet the Shoe, Shackle History Unleashed, and we have the lovely Amanda Nicole. She has 16 years of experience in television, um, small, short story. I mean, she does it all. She's the director, creative producer, editor. How many more hats do you have, girl? Okay. <laughs> Tell everybody, how did you get to be a director? What led you to this? Did you specialize and go to college for it or was it just a passion you had and just ran with it wow so i went to film school that's that's the very short of it but the the longer of it is i actually wanted to go to school for theater funny enough um but in trying to figure out how i was going to actually get a job in the creative world, um, because there's not really too many creative people around that like sort of guide you in that way. Right. Um, I went to film school because you can be on camera if you want to. Um, I also had an interest in architecture and I was like, I could do film sets if I wanted to. So film is like a big generic thing that I can figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, in film school, I started going post-production with specifically editing. So I wanted to be an editor. Um, that was how I started. And literally seven days after I graduated college, I moved to New York and I- Where did you away from college, college from, might I oh, ask? I know, that's really important. I <laughs> went uh, to Columbia College in Chicago. Okay. Born and raised in Chicago and <laughs> college in Chicago. Um, hadn't really been outside of Chicago for more than a week <laughs> at that point in my entire life. And then I moved to New York, uh, Brooklyn specifically. Oh, wow. And yeah. And um, to me, Bedside was like the closest thing to Chicago that I could get. And mm -hmm. I was so comfortable there. Oh, man. I love Bedside. <laughs> really? um, and so I stayed in Brooklyn the entire time I was in New York. Okay. And, uh, so I started off at an editorial company. Uh, about a year later, I moved over to visual effects. Eventually, I ended up in audio posts, was there for like seven years, eight years. Wow. Um, went freelance for, you know, a couple of years, you know, pandemic hit. And I was like, you know, you start to reevaluate things in the pandemic, right? Yes. I, you know, I went to film school, but I'm in New York and I'm producing, but I'm producing like posts for commercials. You know, I'm not really doing any film things per se. Like I'll help people on films here and there but it was never really something that I was doing. So I decided during the pandemic, like, just do it. Like, when else are you going to do this? You went to film school to make films. You went to film school to be a creator. So create. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what I started focusing on doing. And the switch from being sort of editor to post producer to director, editors, I feel like make the best directors, you know, you're, the writing process doesn't just end at the script level. The writing process continues when you're in production. The writing process continues when you're in post-production. The writing process isn't over until you have picture lock, final cut, and the director is the person that is overseeing all of those things. Mm -hmm. And being an editor, you see all of those things. And it just made sense to me that a director who has an eye for all of the things could coincide and just be best friends with like an editor. Like those things just go hand in hand. You have to see the whole board. Um, and so last year I made my directorial debut. <laughs> I directed a short film and I directed a show off Broadway. And so here I am. 
So, so take us back. What is the timeline? Like a person that is wanting to get into the film industry or is good at writing. Um, what is the timeline in the, in the steps that you took? Like going from Chicago to Brooklyn and now you are, where are you now? I am actually in Los Angeles. So okay. I literally just moved to LA last August. Okay. Um, and so we're like March now, hasn't even been a year yet. Um, so graduated in 2007 um, and then 15 years go by mm -hmm. and I was in New York the whole time and then now I'm in LA. So in a way, I feel like this is like a second career blooming okay. because I'm like focusing more on film specifically versus my entire time in New York. It was like mainly advertising, but like learning everything post mm -hmm. is still very invaluable to making films in general. It's the same process. You're just creating different content. Right. So you, so you went, grew up in Chicago, took a leap of faith, went to Brooklyn, yeah. home in Brooklyn. So you stayed there. 15 years? 15 years. And then now you're in LA. So you've lived on each coast. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Down south. You got to <laughs> I know. I guess I got to I got to get down south like. Right. <laughs> you've done a lot though and it's just inspiring just to hear you talk about the different steps in every part of making a film or making a play or making, you know, any kind of production. That you need all of that, the writers, the editors, the directors, and all of that. And just by you, okay, another thing as well. How did you financially make it? That's a lot of the people's problem when they are scared to follow their dreams. They're always worried about the money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you explain, um, you know, like, from, you know, I'm sure pretty tough times to greater <laughs> times, how a person can just leap into it by not allowing money to block their vision. Mm. Well, I am not going to lie and tell you that it was easy. <laughs> it wasn't. Um, like, I think about, I think about what I made when I first moved to New York versus the ups and downs of how much I was making to even like now, like, like I'm comfortable right now, but at the same time, like, you know, changes from the East coast to the West coast. I still got to find my tribe out here. Right. Um, and it's hard. I'm, there is zero sugarcoating here because I feel like people get caught up in the, if you follow your dreams, everything will come. It will. It absolutely will, because more often than not, people don't take that leap. Um, but I truly believe, and this has been my experience, that when you take the leap into the hard things, it will work out. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that there aren't any tough times. So to be a creative, but also to be a creative and still eat <laughs> and still pay bills and, and, and all those things, you got to find something like a, a job. You got to find a side job. And whatever time you have left at home or whatever, that's when you work on your craft, unless you can figure out how to make that your main thing. And for me, 
I, even though I wasn't working on films directly, I was still working in an adjacent industry because I was, so I was still getting my creative juices on. But at the same time, you can get lost in that real quick, real quick. It's so easy to be caught up in the paycheck and you, and yeah. you forget why. Like toward the end of my time in New York, I, was, I almost forgot why I moved to New York. And mm. I had to stop and reevaluate and be like, wait a minute, I went to film school. I, I got my job and you know, it was such a rocky couple starts. And I'm not even gonna be honest, like New York wasn't that kind to me at all. Mm. Um, and but I survived because I'm a fighter. That's what I do. Mm -hmm. uh, but I still made it. I still made my contacts. I still had my jobs. But it's hard. <laughs> you just gotta believe in it more than you are in your current situation. And that's real. If you if you want to be an artist and you believe in it that much, even when you're down and out, you just and you still want to create, then you're gonna keep going. Yeah. That, that's it. That's true. What 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 was the like? Because in Chicago, you guys have trains. Mm -hmm. So what what would you say the trains from Chicago versus New York? Oh, God. how was that adjustment? Because I know you were like, oh, this is not like home. Oh, been on the train it's, in Chicago, it's different. and I've been on the train in New York, and oh my God, it's yeah. a major. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, okay. The trains in New York are wider. I feel very yeah. claustrophobic getting on the on the L now in, in Chicago. I do. Every every single time. Because I'll I'll fly in O'Hare, I'll get on the blue line, and I'm like, hmm, it's really tight in here. Right. Oh wow. <laughs> it's really tight in here. Yeah. But like in New York, I'm also just so used to to doing all the things that it's nothing. Like, you know, the homeless person in the corner, yeah, let them rock. Yes, that's yeah. cool. No, it's cool. Mm -hmm. Um, you just you're used to the element, like you. It's so yeah. I just navigate myself differently yeah. in the city too, just in general. So when I'm on the train in Chicago, like more often than not, I'm going to the South Side, and yeah. so I have like my South Side like face on. I'm like right. on it. <laughs> but in New York, I mean, it's a different type of face. It's not as hard. Right. <laughs> oh really? No, it's not. It's to be honest, I feel safer in New York. Everyone said everyone that I know that moved from Chicago, they said the L system is safer than Chicago. Yeah, yeah, really. There's, there's police everywhere in New York. Yes. Like, yes, everywhere. No? Like, yeah, it is. And you always have police officers like randomly patrolling, either like you know the platform or like on mm -hmm. the train. So there's always police everywhere. It's not yeah. at least it hasn't been in my experience. I haven't really been on the train too much the last couple of years there, but I haven't seen too many cops on the L in Chicago. Mm -hmm. um, right. So what, was really. the, what would be the financial part of someone wanting to get in the film industry? And they, um, what things that you can remember like early on starting that you can make money in? Mm. Like if someone wants to come in and they, are just, you know, green to everything. It's like, oh, you could do such and such and make such and such, you know? Mm -hmm. what, what what would they do? Um, Let's see. So knowing exactly what you want to do is key. So mm -hmm. if you say someone comes in and they know exactly what they want to do, then all right, cool. 
try to get some sort of entry level job in an office of that thing. Like say they want to be a screenwriter, like, you know, during screenwriting group. I'm not a screenwriter. I can't even say that. Let me not even use the non my experience. Well, what they could do that though. But they can. So if someone wanted to be an editor, mm-hmm. um, I started off as a runner, which is like a glorified intern, you know, um, you're getting coffees, you're doing all these things, but in between all the admin stuff and all like the little gopher stuff that people hate to do and they make you do, mm-hmm. you build relationships with these assistant editors, you build relationships with the editors, you build relationships with producers. Relationship building is your most important asset in this business. Oh yeah. Period. There's a lot of work that's out there that you and I see every single day that we're just like, how did that get a green light? Like we've we're all seen it regardless on what it is at any given point in time, but it's the relationship. It's not necessarily your talent. Work on your talent every day though, because at that moment where someone gives you, oh, I see you've been working here hard. What you got? You need to be prepared. Mm-hmm. Be prepared at any given instance. So, you know, start at the entry level, work your way up, be pushy, but not too pushy. <laughs> because right. like, uh, who are you? Right. But, be confident. Walk into a room and know that you are that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because people can see that on you. Yeah. 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 You don't necessarily have to be in people's face, but make sure that people see your work. Make sure that, you know, you are building those relationships because it's not really what people say to you and like in front of your face is what people say to you when they're in other rooms with important people. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I've gotten many a job for people who have been said, "Oh, Amanda's like really dope at this. You should, mm-hmm. you know, get her." Right. Okay. I, I know you were saying that um, when you first started at the media company that you worked for for all those years, mm-hmm. you went to different sections of the biz. You did different positions within that company. You think mm-hmm. that's a good? That was a good idea. For you because i know some people would just rather uh stay in one position and learn that position and, and stay there you know <laughs> i was told to my face and, and there's no diss for the person that told me because i actually respect this person so much but i was told that i was doing too much zigzagging for where i'm trying to go mm-hmm. um and and to be fair she was not wrong at all um but at the same time i wouldn't be where i am without those experiences i think for most people finding what they want and sticking to that thing is is the move for me i don't really classify myself as just a director or just a producer or just an editor like i consider myself an artist Mm -hmm. so in that case i'm gonna go wherever i feel creatively inspired to go I know that seems a little bit flighty, but I also have my main thing. I'm a filmmaker. Awesome. That's right. That's that's perfect. That's That's right. Have you ever been in a situation where, um, like you said, someone critiqued you and you respect them? So have you ever been in a situation where someone critiqued you and they were so wrong and they had to come back and, you know, uh, you flowers, I'm going to say it in a lighter way, right? Yes. I mean, well, you might have felt inside like, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> be humble, you know? Well, well, first and foremost, I'm a black woman. So that's number one. Right. So, um, so there have been several instances where people have critiqued me 
and and I and for the most part because generally I don't really cause waves um so I take it on the chin I know when to, to speak up for myself versus not but more often than not when those situations happen yeah there's always a you know like yeah this happened and you know like you were right or yeah no that totally makes sense like it shows in how people come at you later and ask for your input for things. Um, so yeah, that that situation is absolutely happening. Okay. <laughs> and also, to lose yourself in this situation. Have you ever like lost it where you're like, oh man, I'm, I hope I don't get fired or right. I hope they don't, you know, call, like, have you ever, we, we call that a shoe moment. Have you ever been like, I'm going to mess around and go to jail if she says this again? Oh, yeah. Oh, acting and it's film and it's i know it is a lot of um conflict when it comes to creativity right mm -hmm. and yeah. when someone is passionate and you're passionate we can tell you know you're passionate mm -hmm. about what you're trying to lay out and then somebody else might come across your idea and you are I've been in situations too, sometimes to where a person will see your creativity and they'll try to force theirs on you. But what you're doing is working. Yeah. What you're doing has already been approved, but yeah. they'll try to come over and like, you know, like X out what you've done or take right. what you already oh. said and take it. You know, I could just feel that you've been through that. Yes. Been like I'm just acting. <laughs> the film industry, I yeah. know it's just as hard as the probably worse than the music industry. So. Oh my oh, god! Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just, I mean, artists, right? <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> I mean, I'm an artist too. So yeah. No, I don't. I don't condone people talking down on others. Like, I am nice to a fault, which <laughs> have been breaking out of very much so because. I, it's, it's one thing being a producer, getting stuff done, whatever, being a director, you have so many people that are relying on your final voice that you just have to be confident in, in what you're doing. So when you get that person that's pushing back, you know, I only got but so many times before I tell you what's up, mm. <laughs> but I have but in, in that regard, I haven't had to come out of myself. Okay. This was when I, the incident that I'm thinking of is more so like at the end of like my last full time job. Okay. <laughs> before I went freelance because I had been there for so long. And I'm like, listen, I did my job. Mm. You're not going to come in here and, and reprimand me in front of other producers when I did nothing wrong. Like you're not gonna do that. Mm -hmm. So you come at me crazy, I'm gonna come back at you crazy. We could have settled this privately, but you didn't want to. Right. Right. Oh wow. So <laughs> hey, that's a good one. You got him good. I mean okay. <laughs> being a woman in this field, I know it's not too many women directors probably in the last probably 15, 10 years, women directors have been flourishing coming out, but it's not still not a lot of black producers uh, or directors. What struggles did you go through to um, get to where you at? Um, 
Well, right now I feel like I'm I'm still early in my I'm doing film career, so I'm in that struggle mode right now. <laughs> and so, and it's more so just because I am still new to just focusing on film, but also because I'm in a new city where I don't know that many people. So mm. part of that, like I said before, relationship building and doing that. Um, but I I have been watching in the footsteps, like, you know, Viola Davis, like Gina Prince-Blackwood, like the Woman King, like if, I don't know if anyone's like ever really watched any of like the interviews with either of them on getting that made. I feel like that's like such an accurate representation of the film industry right now for black women. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, because there aren't a lot of us as directors, there aren't a lot of us as head producers or even, there's only but so many, you know, lead female actresses. So trying to get something made or funded that is helmed by people that look like us mm -hmm. is just gonna be difficult as it is. Like maybe now it might be a little bit easier because the woman king came out and did so well. Right. I know it's still not gonna be that easy. Right. It's gonna take more. Yeah. So yeah. what you're saying it's kind of hard to get funding, especially being a black woman. Yes. It's kind of double work. And yeah. is it is it a lot of um a lot of uh fundraising, um crowdfunding? Is that the one that they do? There's a lot of crowdfunding. I haven't done a lot of crowdfunding as of late. Like luckily, um, you know, my production company were able to get funds together for the off Broadway show and for the film, but like you know, that was amongst us. So, you know, we're not trying to spend any more of our money. Wow. <laughs> I do this. So, you know, trying to find people who know others with deep pockets or know people who are looking for, you know, stuff that we are creating. Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's, that's the challenge, you know, finding those people, finding the gatekeepers, mm -hmm. like what it is. What, what are you guys... Like what would you what would be a good script for a person to pro if a person had to produce something to you? What what would you take? Hmm, that is a good question. Um, uh, so I am always in the business of making very human stories, um, regardless of genre, because I love all genres. Like, you know, my first directed film is an action movie. Okay. What? Um, like you're like, what? Huh? What's the name of the? What was the name like, of it? So the name of the short film is called "Till Death Do Us Part." Uh, oh yeah. And where and where and where where um can it be found? <laughs> so it's not out yet. It's gonna be <laughs> summer um TBD right now, but we're trying to do some streaming. Um, we're trying to get on all of your local streaming services, so everyone, regardless on what you have, can check it out. Right. So, yeah. What's your struggles with that, with um, streaming service versus, you know, I guess um, cable, you know, the regular cable? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, for this particular film, it's a short film, so it's hard to get that anywhere in general. Um, so because it's a short, um, more often than not, we're just, you know, going to self-distribute, um, which is great for us because we get to keep most of the revenue, which is right. important. Um, but... Finding distribution is 
probably the most difficult part until you find that one person that knows all the people with yeah. dis distribution. So, you know, if you're trying to make a film, find someone before, even before you make the film who has distribution. Like there is never a wrong time in my opinion to find that. Mm. Because once everything is done, you can just boom, put it out there. Okay. And you're and and okay, so you 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 knock down action. What would be the next? What's what's drama. your heart right drama. now? Drama, okay. Drama. Yeah. So I'm um, packaging a feature already called Year in the Life. Um, I'm actually writing a feature right now. Um, yes, and um, and both are drama. So I'm very excited. For both of those, um, okay. yeah. Give us a little sauce of what it is. Of what? Of what? Uh, till death. Storyline? No, to, of the storyline of the drama one. Oh man! Is it a love twist or murder? Oh no! This is this is a story about um, a young man in his senior year of high school. This is like it's called a year in the life. So it's a senior year of high school, um, and he's a young man living in Little Rock, Arkansas, in the mid '90s. So it's a period piece, which sounds crazy because we're not that old. Wow. Um, and he basically is trying to get out so he can follow his dreams because. If a lot of people don't know this, like Little Rock, Arkansas was like the murder capital of this country in the midnight. Sure was. Sure was. Um, and so it's all the things that this young man had to go through in you know his in his senior year of high school trying to get out um, and be an artist. Uh -huh. Yes, that's gonna be nice. Yes, 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 yes. So when you talk about short film, regular film, what are the different films and the time? How can I say? How much time is a short film versus a regular movie film? You know what I mean? Um, for me, like personal preference, like our short film is like twenty three minutes. Um, okay. But like, if in certain festivals they give you different um, sort of timelines, but I think anything over forty minutes is considered. <laughs> <laughs> but forty minutes is just so long to me. I'm like forty minutes. That's that is a feature. Like right. An hour. How long? How long does it take to do that though? Because I heard that even like with sizzle reels, right? Mm -hmm. The sizzle reels is seven minutes, right? Usually they're seven minutes. So that's just a big old story round, and, and yeah. but it seems really long. Yeah, it does. When you, when you sit and watch it, it seems like 20, 30 minutes, right? Yeah. But when you're doing the film, you're doing a short film. How? long will it take for you to get that best 23 minutes you yes mm. so for my film we spent four days filming uh -huh. um literally like last february uh -huh. um and just because of the budget that i had which was not um you know i take into account people's schedules but if i didn't have to take into account people's schedules and trying to stagger that time I easily could have gotten this film finished by the end of summer last year. Okay. Easily. Um, it's, but this is also like me knowing it as an editor. Like I purposely didn't edit the film, even though I could have, um, because I was just way too close to it. Um, I co-wrote it uh, and I directed it and produced it. Like I didn't want to edit it too. Um, so 
but like I think my editor did a really great job. It he didn't take that long on it. It really was just like the tweaks, and then I had original composition music made. Um, shout out to my composer Nat. Uh, it was awesome, and it just all the little things like you know most people would just get stock music. Mm-hmm. Nope, my own original music. Um, you know, color grade like the post production process takes a whole. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. That's a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, it's just like it seemed like you filmed so much, but just to have just 24 minutes. But 24 yeah, minutes is a long time. <laughs> that's pretty much long. Because I'm sitting at the movies, that the movies usually uh, that like Woman King, that movie was too long. I mean, uh, it was so long. <laughs> yeah, was the, the, the intention span that we're finding out by us producing um our podcast we've been doing this now i we can't even keep track we we thought 2018 but i just found old footage of us from 2015 just sitting on the couch i haven't even showed Sade yet right but crack up i mean we have it though on our old on our old cameras oh yeah just raw meet the shoe you know what i'm saying just bouncing back and forth with each other you know what i'm saying right. 2015 that's dope yeah and this before podcast was even popping this is just me and her just yeah, vibing yeah. And talking. right y'all are creators y'all oh, yeah. And, yeah. and we're finding exactly. out that when you're when you're by us you know producing our shows on a weekly basis we do our own editing all of that that the attention span of people now is getting shorter you notice how um yes. tiktok even went down to oh you can do 10 seconds they got the 10 second 30 second 60 second right yeah. now youtube is doing that and they're even making it separate from your actual channel yeah shorts yeah. are separate and so they want to pay you faster because they're competing with tiktok mm-hmm. so all it takes is for somebody to come in and yeah else creative and just take over okay you know? It's like, when did that pop, you know? Like, when does the short videos, like, stop being a thing? Because, I mean, I do miss a good 90-minute movie. Right. When's the last night? Short, short is your, what you've been doing is the sizzle reel. Right. For, yes. us, for us, for podcasting, right? Yeah. So your, for you, a short, your, 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 your sizzle reels are, are fine. Cause mm-hmm. if I, cause I'm gonna watch a trailer. Yeah. Trailer's gonna pull me in. Pull you in. You be like, the trailer could be ten minutes. I'm gonna watch the whole ten. I'm not gonna take my eyes off of it because the little flashing and the action and the whatever oh, yeah. or that suspense or that ooh, that's gonna get me to really, you know. And then you want us, more. Then you want more of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then I want the ninety minutes. Yes. So for us, we try to, you know, say some, you know, drama, whatever, you know, something right. real quick, and then you know, come and watch the full right. episode, you know. Oh yeah. That's how we're learning. So yeah. it's just us through all the money that we've spent. Oh. How do you gonna say we've actually wasted any money? I, I we've been really good. Friday is good at that. I'll be the one to be like, let's try it all, try it, try it. <laughs> Go broke trying everything, right? I can't do <laughs> I'll be like, slow down, Jim Shoot. Right. <laughs> 
Look, I was talking to a man earlier, cause earlier, and we talked about I'm trying to, you know, get my book out. Like you keep on telling me, get your book, get your book. Yes, yeah. So I said, yeah, cause when I write this book, I would want it to be on Oprah's uh, book club. Uh-huh. And I said, feel my pain through my pages. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Then I said, I'm a poet. Didn't even know it. Yeah. Yeah. Laughing. I'm like, oh my God. I didn't feel my pain through my pages. That's right. Keep on right. You'll come up with some more stuff. Okay. Keep it. Okay. I was telling her, you was a two time, you're a two time author. And I'm like, I ain't bust out one yet. Thank you. It's, <laughs> well, it's, it, it's gonna it's gonna vibe off of you. Don't you know? I I'm been telling her to rush it, but don't rush it because it's gotta you you know you gotta feel like you said mm-hmm. we gotta feel your pain through your pages. So. Yes, and it's gonna come when it's gonna come. Right, yeah, it will. It will. So why it's taking me forever to write the script? <laughs> <laughs> What do you have a time? Do you, do they put you on a time limit, or you just put yourself on one? I tried to put myself on one, but I can't put self inflicted deadlines on myself. Right? <laughs> right. I'm, like, you crazy. I'm great at a lot of things, but my own deadlines is I is an ongoing working progress. Like if I were to complete the deadline that I initially set for myself. Mm-hmm. It would have been done in October. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's March. <laughs> right. Well. So, but right. I'm, I'm a third of the way through it. Okay. Right. Okay. That's a lot. A third. Yes. 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 And I'm, I'm shooting for 90 minutes. Okay. okay. Yes. Yes. Now, this is the, this is, will you take on a job directing someone else's story? Mm-hmm. I would if it spoke to me. Okay. Only if it spoke to me, because right. the amount of time that you're spending on a project, whether it be a short or a feature or whatever, you're going to be spending a lot of time with that. And yeah. we follow that just like how actors have to get into the heads of their characters. Like, I feel like as a director, you need to also get into the heads of those characters because you need to be a judge on whether or not they're making the right decisions when they're oh. acting out. Um, and in looking for ways to make it more realistic. Like one of the things that I like to do as a director is just, um, I like to look for small, like non-important things that make a person human. Like we're all sitting here and we're like acting and doing a thing. Like if one of you all had a tick, (laughs) I'd be like, yeah, do that. (laughs) I like that. Like, cause otherwise we would just be like three people, like how we are now, just three people just sitting here talking and like, whatever, but you know, things that make people human, just re- in the film, I had, um, you know, our lead actor, Wallace Samaria, he's like, his line is like $2 million. Like that's, that's a thing that he says. I was like, I want you to say it while you're eating this, because you're eating this bowl of cereal, but, like, I want you to say it with, like, a bunch of cereal in your mouth. Like, it's just something you want. Right. It just, because, like, little things like that just yes. tell you yeah. where the character is in their head and, like, little things, you know? Right. right. Oh, wow. I can't <laughs> How do you pull that out of the people, though? 
or um, to get it right how you want it, like how you're visualizing it, and then you you want them to say it. And I know sometimes that gets frustrating because it's sometimes they still won't click the way you think, you know, feeling it, right? It's, I mean, part of it is making sure that the actor sees things like on your level, like how you see it. And sometimes they want to try things and I'm like, that sounds, all right, yeah, try it. Sure, whatever, that's cool. Um, I actually don't mind it when actors want to try things um, because sometimes it might be better than what I had in mind. I'm not, you know, super egotistical enough to to admit that. Like, you know, creating a film is a group project. Yeah, I'm the helm of it, but I'm still open to other people's input. Mm-hmm. Now, question. Being that, you know, you do all directing, produce, and edit, right? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go to the Russ. Remember the Russ movie they were producing with? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Al Bowen was like the producer. Oh, whoa, whoa. Do you yeah. think he should have yeah. got charged with manslaughter? I mean, way I see it, it was a mistake. Yeah. But other people don't see it like that. I think that if they are looking to place the blame on someone. Um, I think he was the EP or the producer on this. Like, I don't, like, here's the thing. There's, if people do things how they're supposed to do, the outcome is one way. If they try to cheat things, it's another way. Mm -hmm. And what I remember hearing is that they were cutting corners on things because of budgetary whatever, which means that they didn't have people doing the things that they were supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Anytime you have any weapon on set, you need a safety person there. Mm. And every time that the weapon, you know, needs to come out of the safe or whatever, there's the person there, there's a safety talk, there's all the things, the the safety person demonstrates what you're supposed to do. Like there's a whole process in it before it even touches the actor's hands. Mm -hmm. And so if that process didn't happen, you know, it, to me, I feel like the, the person who was wrangling, like the, the weapons wrangler, that person in the one who should have gotten in trouble. I don't know why that person didn't, because I don't know all the details, but if they're looking for someone to blame, <laughs> the producer would be the next person because that person is in charge of signing off on everything. Right. right. Which doesn't make it right at all. Like, And I know it sucks for him because he was, I think he was producer and he's the one that actually shot the girl. Yeah, he Unfortunately. Uh, but like, it's not like he did that on purpose. Like, right. I and then he's he's um finishing the movie actually they're gonna continue from what i'm hearing that's hard it is as the thing the thing i i look at it as just being a creative person um and you know writing books and uh a little bit know about the film industry i think that um he did not do it purposely. Um, mm-hmm. He was very, uh, he broke down immediately when mm-hmm. it happened and went crazy. Uh, this is, you know, all hearsay on the staff, everyone, when it happened. So 
that's just something that was um it's sad to say that it was supposed to happen i don't know why it was or what the lesson was for them only they would know because they were the ones that was in you know in production as a team mm -hmm. um it had to be other reckless things going on for it that freak accident to happen to there me. were <laughs> there were be and it had to be um if i'm not mistaken i heard that um things like this had happened before not not no one getting killed but like the recklessness of it you know mm -hmm. like black shots um actually you know going in walls and the direction oh, yeah. of people yeah i mean look at brandon lee like uh, yes. you know like he died because of a misfire on you know a prop gun and yeah. i'm sure it's happened on more than just famous people uh, mm -hmm. like you said um but i know for this particular shoot from mm -hmm. what i also heard and again this is all all alleged, all, all alleged. All right. Right. I don't really know for sure. This is just stuff that I read. Right. Right. He, 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 on TMZ, no. <laughs> <laughs> just like encounters of people who are working as production on the shoot were like, you know, in terms of cutting costs, like they would not have them stay in hotels in that city, but have them drive to like the cheaper hotel or motel, like 30 miles away from set. Yeah it was cheaper and it, it would take like hours to get there and then hours to get back and sometimes you have early morning calls so like they're not getting enough sleep film sets are so dangerous like people don't even understand like there's a reason why you need insurance there's a reason why you need like electrical and <clears throat> all this stuff like they're so dangerous dangerous like people have gotten you know had lights falling on them people have been electrocuted people have like you know gotten shot and not you know like right. film sets are dangerous and there's right. so many things there that people don't understand because it's all like movie lights oh. yeah. right and we don't think about the back end of everything yeah right. you need to just it's just spend the money and do your due diligence mm. like yes like you know be creative with like what you're cutting back on but you know, on certain things, you just got to spend the money and just be like, like, even for me, for, for my shoot, I was like, okay, there's two different, like, you know, fight mats that I can get. These are a little thin. Uh, they're cheaper. <laughs> and I can save that money and use it toward. Yeah. Somebody gets hurt. Uh, that cost outweighs the mats. So. Yeah. <laughs> Like safety first, always, always. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, you're right. So, if someone's looking to get in the film industry, um, they have a great concept uh, story. It's not all the way there yet. Or what would be that? Who who do they contact? Um, who do they send that that first script? That's the question. Who do they like? Who do they who do they admire? Who do they look up to? Those are the people that they should first be following and then, you know, find your way to get in there. You know, I've heard plenty of people slide into some DMs and just say, Hey, I love your work. Da, 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 da. Um, look for for programs that, you know, major in like not major in what you want to do, but like college, but like that deal with what you want to do, like um 
you know, like artistry things or like programs and, and stuff like that. Like, mm -hmm. but at the same time, if you want to be a filmmaker, everyone has a phone. Right. <laughs> That's right. Everyone has a phone. I that phone, huh? Phones, they record 4K. Yeah. Plus some, some of them. Yeah. You can make, there have been like films like Tangerine that have been shot completely on an iPhone that has made film festivals and like have been critically acclaimed. All I'm saying is if your video quality isn't that great, just make sure your post production's on point. I'm production queen, and if your film sounds terrible, people are going to think it sucks. If it looks terrible, they're going to think it sucks. Mm -hmm. Get your post production together, and then whatever it looks like, you could just make it a stylized visual thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. But you can't, you can't get anywhere if you don't do anything. So baby steps are still steps. Right. Yeah. Are you on? Are you on? What's your social media? Right now. So my social media is at Amanda Nicole, like you see right there. Uh huh. Um, and Instagram, like all the things. So that's that's Amanda, my Amanda. <laughs> okay. Okay. all across the board, all social know. platforms. Okay. Yeah, and my Venmo. Okay. <laughs> I know that's right. Thank you for uh, giving us. The, the talk and telling us about your business, about what you got going on. We appreciate you coming on with us. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And we wish you the best. Yes. In yeah. LA, that you find thank your you. tribe. You're going to okay. find that tribe in the next 30 days. Yes. 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 Okay. At least one member. At we least one member. Man. Okay. Yes. Somebody yes. to take you through that city and get you that big break. Okay. Yes. Get that circle of them big old pockets. Yes. Okay. yes. I that. Thank yes. you. Yes. 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 So you hey. come back. Look, come back, come down and put the pressure on us. Now, what'd you say you wrote? What'd okay, you right? You know, because I will. Because I will. Don't make me come back and be like, so where's this book? Because right. <laughs> that's right. Because I will hold you accountable. Yes, I know. Hold me accountable, please. <laughs> please. Thank you. Thank you. Right. 